uh, directed by the Spirit. How many of you believe in the guidance of the Holy Spirit? I was raised to believe that, trusting God that, that the Holy Spirit would direct you. I believe firmly the footsteps of a righteous man. You know that. You also know by now that luck, I mean to tell you, I got a birthday card. And by the way, let me say thanks for all the birthday cards and all the greetings and all the Facebook, and all the Instagram and all the phone calls and all the texts and so many different platforms. You just bless my socks off. And uh, so I want to say thank you for that. Always my heart is warmed. Uh, many of my friends from around the world, as a matter of fact, uh, they, they, you know, they, they responded to that. They believe that sometimes I have an aggravating spirit. And on my birthday, they have the privilege of reciprocating uh, that aggravating spirit. It's just good to, good to have friends. Directed by the Spirit. Now listen carefully. You and I have no idea how close the second coming is. And let me say the second coming will come after the rapture. You and I have no idea when the rapture will take place. But here's what we do know. It can happen just right now. Nothing has to happen. Nothing else in prophecy has to take place. The trumpet could sound right now. Right now. We often ask ourselves the question, then, if we knew that, how should we behave? Our text deals with the exciting journey for when Jesus lived and died, there had to be something. The, the temples of old of Jewish worship, the altars of old, of course, where you brought all the cattle in and the sheep and the perfect animals, that, that was going to be history. There was a new lamb and his name was Jesus who gave his blood one and for all. And we know that as a result of that, the whole style of worship changed. Instead of the ritualistic routines, it's bow your hearts in the presence of Jesus. But when Jesus, of course, ascended, then what does he leave behind? The Bible says that it was the church. It is the church. That is a group of individuals, one, maybe a thousand, a hundred million, whatever the case. It was the church that God established and say, henceforth, the church will be born, and out of the church will flow talents and abilities and callings that God will give to every person that has been called through the power of redemption. And the formation of that structure took place in Acts, the second chapter. Well, the beginning of trying to get the church going, it is a spiritual dimension. It's not a physical dimension. Spiritual men were asked to be deacons, and they had a process for that. And God is building his church, but in order to build the church like anything else, there must be an extraordinary move of the Holy Ghost. Amen? You can say Holy Spirit, and you can say Holy Ghost, because that, in fact, was the instrument of power and inspiration that brought truth alive. The Bible says that, that the Spirit of God moved in a phenomenal way, of course. Jesus now has ascended, but now this church has got to be born. And it says that His Spirit was manifested as real by the signs and wonders, by the conversions, by supernatural miracles that took place. Who did that? Oh, that had to be the Jesus thing. 
How did that, how did that person get healed? It had to be the Jesus thing. What caused that to come to pass? Had to be the Jesus thing. And there were many antagonists and unbelievers, many Jews who had not received Jesus as Lord and Savior. They understood God Jehovah. Someone asked the old drunk. He was the alcoholic. He became a believer. And they asked the alcoholic, hey, I, I know that you're an alcoholic, but and I know that you say you're a believer, but do you really believe all that stuff the Bible said, for example, like turning water into wine? And the old converted alcoholic said, I sure do, because here's what God did for me. Jesus changed the whiskey in my house into food and clothing for my family. I believe he can do anything. Do you believe that God can do anything? Amen. I believe that you do. But here we sit as the church today. And we sit and we say, all right, God, I have a holy calling. And there are, there are opportunities that God is using for the church. And it's the right church. Get busy. Let your light shine. And we talked about that several weeks ago. You see, what was happening in the building of the church out of Acts and the miracles and the signs and the wonders was the fulfillment of God's Word. Get this. I will build my church. Say that with me. I will build my church. And not only that, he said there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That touch of God both took place, as I mentioned to you, on the day of Pentecost. The building of the church was not a physical, but as I said, a spiritual issue. And we know that because of the adversary of your soul, of my soul, the adversary of the church, he will not back away from trying to stop you as a follower of Christ and try to stop the aggressive ministry of the church. That's one of the things that I labored over in the process of COVID-19. I thought, God, what do I do as the voice and leader at Victory Church? We know that COVID is real. We heard all kinds of reports. I listened to report after report after report. And knowing that I had to, to go to those who are working with me and, and say, you know, this is what I understand. And when we decided we, we need to back off, we don't need to gather people. I, I don't be responsible for, for people for people getting sick and coming together and starting, you know, a virus that could flow through young and old alike. I couldn't do that. But when I made that decision to say, you remember back in March, we're going to back off a little while. Boy, I got crucified by some individuals. How dare? Where is your faith? What in the world are you doing? You are supposed to be the man of God. You're supposed to lead by faith. Don't stop. That's just what the devil wants. Yada, 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 yada. You know what? It's easy for others to tell you what they think you ought to do. Amen? But here's what I know. The last time I checked, I can go right in the throne room and say, what is it that you say, Heavenly Father? Lord Jesus, what word do you give? And then we went through the cutback. You know that. And God blessed us. And then we got really sharp at online. I mean, too sharp, maybe, because there are still some 
that said, my Lord, it's, it's really, it really flows beautifully and I can drink my coffee and have my supper and all of that and sit right at home and, and don't have to get out. Well, my friend, that's not the big total issue. The total issue is, is you get together to support one another, not just by yourself. The embers keep the fire going in. A, that's a whole other message right there. But we decided to start back. We said, I'm going to start back and we're going to phase it in. And we sat in the meetings and I said, I want to phase in. Let's get back to church. And then we're going to see how that goes for a little while. We're going to start out with an outdoor service out there. We didn't jump on the outdoor thing right away. Some said, how come you didn't jump all over it? I don't jump all over anything unless I know this is thus saith the Lord for Victory Church, friend. And so we waited and God gave us great success with the exception of that scissor lift that was up there that moved like this every time you moved. And I said, somebody is trying to kill me. <laughs> and the man said, he had a chain. He said, do you want me to chain you in? Nope, I don't want a chain on me. If I get ready to bail, I don't have to undo a chain in order to get off this thing. I'm coming off. And then we started back. And then we said, we'll do it in increments. And then gradually we started Wednesday back. And then we started back, all right, let's have a few classes. Then let's, let's have the time in which Wednesday night starts. And then let's go for, let's go for Sunday and let's start. Now, now, now here's, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Is the Holy Spirit in that? Absolutely. Is God giving us wisdom? Absolutely. Have we done, did we do everything right? Maybe not, but that was not the goal, to do everything right. The goal was to do what we felt God told us to do and leave it up in the hands of the Lord. And so in that early church, they'd never formed a church before. In the early church, they didn't have any constitution or bylaws. They did have God's Word to them and the leadership. And they did have the dynamic impression of the Holy Spirit. Listen, friend, you can be in the middle of the desert and you can feel the presence and the power of God. You can be flat broke and you can feel the presence and power of God. You can be sick as a dog and you can feel the presence and the power of God. You can be 30,000 feet up in an airplane and you can feel the presence of God. He doesn't run away from us. Always there. Always willing. So here's what they did in that early church. They moved in liberty. They moved in liberty. And what I mean by that in Acts 5.23, we found the jail securely locked and with the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. No one inside. You see, when the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost, it brought a new dispensation. The religious routine, bring your animals, let's be sure they're perfect. Let's be sure they're priceless. Let's kill them. Let the blood run down here. Uh, legalism would give way. Uh, you no longer had to do so many repetitions. And in order to get God's attention, as you go to the wailing wall there and you'll see many of the Jews standing there, he said, you don't, you don't have to do that. And then uh, the opposition ushered in division among the known church. 
There are those, for example, Peter said, hey, I'm not into that. Here's what I know. That was the old law. I'm functioning under the new law. And so their, their visions were there even among the Jews. And then lives would be drawn regarding Jesus' death and his purpose. You know, you killed him. Peter even preached that. You're the ones that took his life. But if the church if the church, if you and your family are going to have a chance to survive and thrive, the power of God must be revealed and all restraints must be broken. Supernatural manifestations were everywhere. Well, why don't we have supernatural manifestations here in the States? Why don't we have that? I encourage you to come a week from this coming Saturday. And see how many show up for the return. And you'll probably have your answer. God, only 300 showed up out of thousands? God says, you're not going to get supernatural manifestations that way. You see, you know when most of the time supernatural manifestations meet us? It's when we are scared to death. And there's no other way other than God's way. It is God all the way. God all the way in the morning and at noon. So all those were broken. And so we know, here's what happened. Thousands were saved. Why? Peter stepped up to the plate. He preached. He wasn't afraid anymore. He wasn't leaning back and said, well, I'm the one that denied him. And you don't have a right to preach. No surgery. Unity among the believers was a norm. Not only that, crippled were healed. I mean, people that were crippled were healed. Apostles were arrested numerous times. Why? They didn't care. Go ahead. Believers prayed down God's power. How many know that we still have the ability to pray down God's power? We can pray it down. Believers prayed down that power. Holy Spirit filled people with power. There is a difference, my friend, of redemption and being filled with the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is real. That is real. I asked a lady yesterday who's from another denomination but began to entangle into Southeastern University Southeastern University, we believe, it's an AG school and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And she said, when I got to the place that I, who, who love God with all of my heart, won souls for the Lord, very committed to Jesus. And she said, as I began to pray for students in the altars, students that were burdened, students that were challenged, and she said, I witnessed them. Get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. She said, I saw a change in those students. I saw them day to day in their classroom. I saw them and they were dramatically different and filled with a boldness that I could not explain. I could not get away from it. I had to change my theology on that and say, God, if that's real, that is exactly what I want. And then I asked her, well, then did you pursue and did God bless you with that infilling? She said, he sure did. And I'm super glad about it. My friend, there are great things God desires to do if we get back to the place that we believe in the move of the Holy Spirit among us. But it was not all well for some. Ananias and Sapphira tried to cash in, 
And they were stricken to death. No questions asked. Evil spirits were cast out. Healing of miracles were enjoyed by the apostles. Acts 5.15 says, And as a result, people brought the sick into the street and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Don't forget who he was, old stubborn, foul mouth, denied Jesus, but had an encounter in the Holy Ghost, dramatically changed. Jesus forgave him. Now he preaches, and now there is an anointing on his life that where he walks, put the people out there and just maybe his shadow will touch them. But how could that be to a man that his shadow would touch them? You know why that God permitted Peter's shadow to touch them? Peter was willing to die. He was willing to give his life, and he did. So no credit to me, he said. It's all to Jesus of whom I know. Well, when that happened, you know, and I know that when you take a step of faith, and you're walking by faith, and you just really bear in to God and you press in, the enemy will, will not, the enemy will, will not be impressed with you pressing in. As a matter of fact, he'll not stand idly by. He won't do that. He will not do it. And so he began to create turmoil and using individuals Pharisees, some Jews, many of the Gentiles against the formation of the church, against Peter, against all of the apostles, against the widow women who had, who had come to faith and now were giving their might to Almighty God. They, they, they came against them. And Peter had his orders. Do you know what your orders are? Salt and light. Do you know what your orders are? Be filled with the Spirit. Do you know what your orders are? Take up your cross and follow after God. Do you know what your orders are? Hey, live to die. Amen? Live to die. Your orders is don't get too comfortable here because all this is going to pass away. And one day we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Amen? And so Peter had his orders. And this is what God told him. He said, here's what I want you to do. Um, I, I want you to preach the message of salvation, of redemption. I want you to declare the name of Jesus above every name. And when they did, the devil not being afraid, not understanding the magnificent power of an obedient heart came after them. And he'll come after you. He'll come after you in every way that he can, if you're letting your light shine and you're living the life and you're dedicated and committed, let me just encourage you, just take one more step toward solid commitment. Do something that you haven't done in a while toward commitment. Make an extra effort in commitment. You watch. You watch what the enemy will do. He won't sit idly by, but you watch what anointing falls on you. Amen? Watch what that anointing does. And so they preached, and you know the story. They were cast into prison. The enemy said, we're going to restrain you. 
We're going to stop you, and we're telling you, do not preach. Well, but what happened was an angel came to the prison and had a key all in his own and said, Peter and you boys, come on out of here. And they walked out, and they were so quiet that the guards didn't even know they left. You see, as messengers, God desires our restraints of fear and doubt and unbelief and small vision and weak faith, gigantic faith, mediocrity, be released that we become supercharged with high expectations, believing that what happened then will happen again today. You know what? I was raised around the altar. I was raised I was raised around the fire of God. One thing that excites me is to see young people, and I've witnessed it many times at youth camps, at Alify, and at Masterpiece, young people who would come in, my friend, as rebellious as they could be angry, glad to be away from mom and dad. And when the Holy Spirit got a hold of them, I've watched them weep. I've watched them shake. I have watched them change by the power and the grace of God. It wasn't a counselor that did it. It wasn't a, a person who was giving them advice, but God reached down and and grabbed them and shook them like a rag doll and they realized hey this is not the hand of anybody I can lay my hand on this is something I haven't felt and it was God and it's real today it's real today it's real today so when you get involved about whether whether one presidential candidate reads off a pop prompter and another one doesn't read off a prompter and one's got this kind of deal and one's got that kind of deal. Let me just tell you something. Take it all to Jesus. Amen. Lay it all down at the altar and say, thy will be done, Father. I'm going to be about winning lost souls and letting my light shine. I'm going to be on fire for what you have in my life. And as a result of that, you'll take care of the rest of this whole world. Because when God gets ready to say it's over, you can... I used to say you can bank on it, but the banks fell through back in 07. I promise you, you can take it. You can take it to God's treasure house. Is there anybody out there with me? How about you online people? Show up. Help me out. Present the Word of God. Here's what he said. Present the Word of God. And we gave you strict orders not to teach in the name, you said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and are deter you are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Wow. We gave you the orders. Now, Peter, shush. Be quiet. Do like Judge Judy. Shut up. <laughs> Her day's coming, though. <laughs> Don't teach. And that's what the devil will coach you to do. You know what? He doesn't have to say, don't get out there and run the race. All he's got to do is just get us not to even enter the race. Just go in and run. Just enjoy yourself now. You've lived the life. You work hard. Don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. I'm glad Jesus, when in the garden, he didn't say, hey, I've given you three years, God. And I don't, I'm not going to the cross, but he did. The one thing God told Peter upon his release, go to the temple courts. In other words, don't hide. Go smack dab in the middle 
of where the activity is and teach the message of Jesus. And when the, that's where he went straight out. When Peter, of course, the authorities saw Peter teaching outside the prison, they arrested them again. And this is what they said. We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name. He said, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter said, okay. But listen, we must obey God rather than you. We're going to obey the move of the Holy Spirit. We're going to obey the commandments of Jesus. We're going to obey the inspiration of God's Spirit. And as a result, a fresh outpouring of God's Holy Spirit fell. And when it fell, my friend, it performed many dynamic miracles by the grace of God. You can have that deep experience. I have a group that I meet with about every six weeks, a group of leaders. A group of executives. We met yesterday for a couple of hours. And I talked to them and I said, they're in ministry. You can get ready. If you supercharge what it is you're going to do, you can get ready to know the enemy will come and find you and knock on your door. And over my years of ministry, I've learned to say, I want to identify where the enemy's at. I know he's out there. But I'm not functioning because of knowing that he's out there. I'm functioning because I know in whom I have believed and I know who conquered death, hell, and the grave. I know that. And so I talked to them about that. In the frigid waters around Greenland, there are several different sizes of icebergs. The huge, gigantic iceberg. Then there's some that are minimal icebergs that you would say are much smaller. But one of the astounding things when you first see that is the smaller icebergs is moving in this direction and the large gigantic icebergs may be moving in a totally different direction and it's puzzling. And you would ask the question, how is it these little icebergs here are moving this way but these gigantic icebergs are moving this way? And the answer is, scientifically, that the smaller icebergs are moved by the wind. They're not deep. They're moved by the wind, and they're moved by whatever the atmosphere is and how the wind is blowing, and that's where they go. But those big boy icebergs, they're deep. And they're into the flow of that body of water into the streams way down deep, and that's where they move, wherever that stream goes, down deep. Now listen, friend, you can be one more frustrated individual because we're all going to be moved. And you can move with the wind and move with the culture and move with what's happening. Oh, yeah, are you moving? We sure are moving. But you never know where you're going to go except the wind blow you there. But you can get in the mainstream of the power of God's Holy Spirit and dig down deep, and I'm telling you every single time, it'll take you to the throne room of Jesus Christ. Amen? It'll take you through the adversarial paths. It will take you where God desires for you to be. 
And you look where you work and you say, God, what am I going to do? Am I making that kind of impact? If the Holy Spirit is upon you, you will. He will help you in Jesus' name. You know, millions are seeking new and deeper spiritual relationships today. The enemy may try to cause the church and many of the church to compromise and be confused and be frustrated and get destroyed and say, I'll tell you what, I'm so frustrated, I don't know what to do. Somebody disappoints you, you know, you, you put your faith in somebody, you're going to get burned. But here's what I know. I checked just today for this message. There are 175,000 individuals coming to Jesus Christ every day, 175,000 coming to Christ every day. There are 3,500 new churches that are being built, springing up all over, all over, not just U.S., but all over the world, 3,500 a day. The Muslim population, the Muslim population are coming to Jesus at 70 million a day. Why? Do you know what I read? Do you know what I know from the testimony of some of our missionaries? They're saying that many of the Muslims, the Arabs, are having visions. Many are having dreams. Many are having, many are having visions of Jesus that they don't understand what the vision is, and it scares them. And as a result of that, God is using that to invade their, their spirit and said, here's what I saw. They tell often if there's a missionary that happens to be close or if there's a friend that they know, here's what I saw. And every single time, it's they got a vision of Jesus. And when they got a vision of Jesus, they were told, that's the real Messiah. And they're coming to Jesus right and left by the grace of God. Oh, my friend, yeah, there's trouble in the world, but there is healing in the land. Amen. Yeah, there's a lot of palaver out there, but God rules. In Acts 5, verse 30, here's what Peter preached. He said, y'all come on and listen to me. God raised Jesus from the dead. You killed him. He said, you killed him. He arose anyway. And God exalted him to the right hand. He's to the right hand of power and authority. He has brought forgiveness, and he will establish his kingdom, y'all. And as a result, many rededicated their lives for the very first time to God, dedicated it for the first time. That brought a relevant message to them. And here's what I know. If it's God... If you are walking by faith in God, you cannot be stopped. Well, what if the money drives up? Don't worry about it. Stay with it. You cannot be stopped. What if my partner leaves? Prayerfully stay with it. You cannot be stopped. You pierce those prayer curtains and get in there where Jesus is at. So here we go. Every time, every time there is a place of confrontation, no matter who you are as a man or a woman or a family or a church, that eventually confrontation will come. Here's one of the promises. Ecclesiastes, cast your bread upon the water for many days, you'll find it again. In other words, it's going to come back. And if you throw it out, it will come back. So here's what he says do. Watch for results. Just look out for the results. Look out for the results. Hallelujah. 
I got a testimony in because I talked about testimonies Monday. And I'm encouraging you, little testimonies, get them in, send them in on the website. Just little things. The one I shared with you early was a little thing, but it was a big thing to that family. And she shared it. But a testimony Monday. Pastor Blackburn, you said yesterday, I was convicted. Share our testimonies. He said, in my business, there were two invoices that I tried and tried and tried and tried to collect on. He said, finally, I'd gotten to the place to just give up or write them off. They're so old, I don't think I'd ever collect. He said, so what I did is, all right, God, that's in your hands and forgot about it. He said, when I opened the mail this morning, guess what? Both of those invoices came in the mail with checks in them paid in full. He said, it was God giving me a mirror. Come on, church. Let's praise God. He said, not only that. He said, not only that. He said, I got a contract today, a contract to the tune of $35,000, a contract that I signed, sealed, and delivered, and that's coming my business way. He said, Pastor, I'm telling you, God is on the throne. You think he's singing a different song on Monday than he was singing on Friday, amen? But you know what happened? He came to church on Sunday, and God changed his song from what it was on Friday to what it is on Monday, and God can give us that kind of power and victory. We have to watch for the results. Therefore, in the present case, they're meeting. So what in the world are we going to do with Peter? What are we going to do with John? What are we going to do with all these guys? They've turned the city upside down. Wow. Turned it upside down. Well, I advise you leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is human origin, it will fall. But if it's from God, you'll not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. Who was that? Gamaliel. Gamaliel. You see, he said it's unbelievable. You see, when believers believe in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then we know, then we know we better be careful. The greater the obstacle of the enemy, the mightier God's fire becomes. What? Expect the results. So the Sanhedrin, they're furious, they're mad, they're frothing at the mouth. They were hated. They were unrestrained. The believers did not care. Peter could care less. He said, what have I got? What have I got to gain? I'm going to die. To be with Christ is to be gained. They wanted to kill them. They said, we can't seem to lock them up. They tend to get out. So here's what he said in Acts 5, 34. Be careful what you do. He said, Thaddeus thought he was God, and he was killed. Judas the Galilean thought that he was God. His followers disappeared, and he received a death sentence. Gamaliel said, and they respected him, listen, boys. You got more than what you know you have here. You might look at old Peter over here as ugly as all get out. Scaly hands and tough, calloused. He might have the cinch of a good old sized mullet. Now listen, I know there's no mullet in the Sea of Galilee. I'm there. 
But he said, don't you touch him. Because there's something on him that's not of his origin. And if he's for real, you'll see what God Jehovah will do through him and the others. But if not, if God's anointing is not on him, you will see him die like all the rest. And I submit to you, lest we forget, the church is alive and well. And the divine anointing of the Holy Spirit is to meet your need, to guide your footsteps, to make a way for you where there is no way, to bring a word and resolution to your problem, and to give you joy in the midst of grief and difficulty. That's the God that we serve. If you just say, I'm going to be directed by the Spirit, I'm getting a piece of God, and I am hanging on by His grace. Amen? Let's put our hands together. Here we go. Amen. Would you stand? Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for all that you've done for us. I thank you. Uh, Lord, we, we thank you for the rain, and we got a, a good dose of it. But there are those up in the panhandle and in the gulf there that got a whole lot more than we did. And they're watching inch by inch, some of them, inch by inch to come in the first floor of their home. Or some already, it's already in the first floor, headed up to the second floor. Many have no roofs now, and they're wondering, how did this happen? How did that storm move from going over to New Orleans and makes its way over to Alabama? God, what's up with that? I was feeling pretty good until that took place. God, help me. In this room right now are people, Father God, who walked in with their hands down and a little drag in their step, and they, they just need, a, they need inspiration. They need a new touch. They need a Holy Ghost-infused anointing. And there's some at home tonight. They stayed home because they're discouraged. They're, they're, they're bone-tired. And God, they just, a lot of, there's not a whole lot of hope that they have. Just do the same old routine things all the time. Why should I make a greater commitment if there ain't much happening around my house? God, I pray you set them on fire, set all of us on fire. I bind and rebuke the COVID-19 and declare it dead and cast it and speak it back to hell in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare it. I pray, Almighty God, that in the midst of the storm that's taking place in our culture. God, I'm praying that you give us peace, peace that passes all understanding. I'm praying for the fires out there on the West Coast and up in the Northwest. God, I'm asking you divinely intervene for them. And then I'm asking you, hallelujah, set us up for this Sunday. Get us ready to come in the house of the Lord and to declare this is the day the Lord hath made. Let it be so in the name of Jesus. We bind you, devil, and we speak death to you. And we declare you are defeated and that our God reigns by the authority of his word. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer. Everyone, would you do it here and at home? Here we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross of Calvary so that I could have forgiveness. 
I've been stubborn. I've been proud. And I haven't been faithful. But tonight, here I am. Use me according to your will and word. Use me, Father, in whatever area you choose. I am available. God, take my hands that are heavy today and lift them up for your honor and glory. I praise you. It is not by might nor by power. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. We're going to worship a little more. Stay with us. Here we go, everybody. tonight victory from our hearts I will build my life so much.